0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 10. It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you on Oilers Now. Again, you can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780 496 0063. Uh, We mentioned uh, one of the themes this week, coaching and uh, we had Jay Woodcroft on, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. This week we will also be hearing uh, from Brad Lauer, who's had two incredible years at the Edmonton Oil Kings, as well as Guy Godowski, the head coach at Penn State University, Ian Herbers, the former Oiler, and the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, who start today. I think Guy Godowski's Penn State uh, Nittany Lions start today, and on Friday, Jim Playfair, uh, the Oiler's uh, defense coach, and uh, we'll get to him as well. So those will be some of the guests we'll have on during the course of the week. A lot of today's conversation has been around what the Carolina Hurricanes did on Saturday, the offer sheet on just Barry, Cockanamy. And we are going to head off to the RiverCreek Resort and Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show a uh, big personality, uh, great guy, beloved in the market of Edmonton, the former heavyweight champion of the National Hockey League, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality, George Laroque. George, how you doing?
1: Awesome, Bob. How's everything on your
0: side? Not bad. Took a couple of weeks off back at her. Going to work 48 straight weeks. Let's go. Let's get her going. Let's play some hockey. You know what I'm saying?
1: Uh, we can't wait! I'm so excited. It's like, it was about time.
0: Uh, there you go. And you guys had that long run with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, George. Uh, by the way, just before we hit on uh, the the Emmy offer sheet and Carolina's course of action on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, you have
1: some news,
0: some hockey news. Why don't you tell our listeners what's going on?
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I got the honor of being uh, hired by the hockey news and sport illustrated to write an article for them every week, and also to write uh, in a paper article of the hockey news a- every month. So that's an honor to be uh, to be working for those uh, two prestigious magazines. Uh, you know, as a as a kid and as a young NHL players, uh, it, they used to be my bible. And to join the family and to write for them regularly is just awesome. I've always loved writing, and uh, I, I write always all all kind of articles on my uh, social media and. They said they've been following me for a while, reading some of the stuff that I've written in French and English, and now I get to do it on a regular basis. So that is so awesome, and, and I'm so excited to contribute every week and to give my opinion on various subjects. As you know, that I'm never short on opinion on, on many things.
0: No, you're never short on opinion. I will tell you, George, that when I have the column with the Edmonton Sun... Uh, that Marty Forbes set up with me uh, back in 2006 to 2008 until I joined the Oilers. I had a weekly column. I used to have a ghost... Uh, I, I I'd call him a ghost editor. He wasn't a ghost writer, but I certainly had a lot of help from a mutual acquaintance of ours. Robin Brownlee always used to take a look at my stuff before it went to the Edmonton Sun. And uh, so I, I've always owed a debt of uh, gratitude to Robin. And I know you're a big fan of Robin's as well,
1: well I, you know, Robert Brownlee uh, is one of the media guys that I've I've, I've I've always had tons of respect for and stuff, uh, and not just because of how he did the job, but the fact that I found out that, uh, you know, he used to be a lacrosse player and, and, and lacrosse back in the days, you have to be tough to play lacrosse. So when you're talking about the mentality of being tough and fighting and everything, he knew all about that. So he helped me out a lot as a rookie in terms of the fighting mentality and and things we had many discussions outside of what he was writing. So I've always respect him a lot uh, because of what he's done, you know, in, in, in his life. Like he's not just a guy that was a writer, but he's the guy that knew a thing or two about fighting and that lived it also. And you know, my anxiety that that, that I had to go through and stuff. We, we've talked a lot about that too. Those are things that are not easy to talk about because it's stuff that you're supposed to show everyone that you're invincible, that you're not afraid. And he knew sometimes that I was afraid, but because he did the job, I knew I, I could share that with him and talk about that with him and stuff. So. Because of all those things,
0: I have always had tremendous respect for him. Uh, well, a couple things. Uh, you know who was tougher in lacrosse than Robin Brownlee? Ian Gallagher, Brendan Gallagher's dad. He punched out, really? oh, yeah, he punched out Gord Reset one time. And I will tell you, George, if you ever wanted to win a 40-meter uh, dash in front of uh, the then-members of the, what was known as the Edmonton Eskimos, now the Edmonton Elks, there was nothing like bringing Robin Brownlee out in training camp and having a sprint-off in front of the offensive line. And uh, all I will tell you is that I fell cartwheeled and still beat Brownlee by ten feet. And Hugh Camel came up to me and he ge- and he said, nah, "Now I knew there's no way you are going to lose to that larger gentleman, Bob." <laughs> and so it was, hey,
1: but, but, but Bob, you, you know we've been talking about it for the longest time. But who has? Um um, a picture of that because I wanted to see I want to see this race well
0: I'm I'm not sure Kevin Carius from global TV I know that he filmed it I'm not sure and I, I know that I think it was Kevin Lefster who broke out howling over like it was just a it was sort of a quiet part it was early in training camp at Concordia and uh, so we're going back probably to oh five or 06 season and I just know the O line just broke out howling, seeing these two guys try to uh, race uh, 40 uh, yards. You know, you know Chad Drummond, who worked out with uh, uh, yeah, you and me at Body by Bennett. Uh, we yeah. were, we were, we were the poorest guys in the building working out at that time, George, as you would recall. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple other uh, gentlemen that had a lot more than us, and still do. Uh, chad uh, one day uh, bet me a number of years ago that he could run faster backwards than I can forward so we had the whole we had the whole team bus stop and had this little race off in Anaheim and uh, Chad was shocked that I beat him he was, and I'm like, well, Chad, I, you know, why would you think you could run faster than me backwards than I could forward? And, you know, I, I, I had a pretty good uh, burst there, George, for six or seven. So. Once you got past 40 yards, I was in trouble. But that first 40, I, I definitely could run a solid
1: six-second 40, which would not. Hey, how, how about, how about we, we do a race next time I'm in Edmonton?
0: Oh, I, I'm on. I'm digging that. I could do that for sure.
1: We'll do a series of them. How's that, George? No, no, no But I go. I go backwards though, because uh, George. No G, George. George. No chance. You have no chance. I, well, I go backwards.
0: So you're saying you're faster than Chad Drummond?
1: Yes, I am. <laughs> no way, Rob. I, I run every day. I run. I run ten to fifteen k a day. I'm getting ready to my marathon in October. All right. Well, my, next. My, next. My, next
0: you got to give me some time. So next spring, we'll set this whole thing up, all right? So, uh, Chad, as you know, might be the best athlete that's on that team playing with the Edmonton Otters. He's an unbelievable athlete, as you know, George.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but again, I know that he's a great athlete, but, you know, he does a lot of weightlifting, right? He's not a runner. Like, there's a difference between somebody that runs every day and somebody that works out in the gym that is strong. Oh, I mean, I... Many guys... That, Okay,
0: George, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd take Chad over you at a 40 yard dash all day.
1: All okay. day. You know what? You know what? Let's bring it on. I'm a brother, man. Brother, we know how to run. Uh, bring, <laughs> bring me a lineup of people, Bob, at the track, and I'll take them on one Well, I, I don't oh. know if
0: the listeners know this. Uh, Danny Machocha told me he tried to recruit you
1: for football, but you were too big. No, actually, no. Actually, you didn't. You, you got it wrong. What happened when I was 15 years old? I had to make a choice between football and hockey and soccer. Danny, I was a running back for Danny Machocha, and I was running through guys. I was having 10, 12 touchdowns a game. And Danny Machocha told me not to go in hockey, to stay with him in football. I was never going to make it in the NHL because black people don't play hockey. Okay. that's what he said to me I was 15 years old so I said sorry Danny I went to too many racism as a kid to quit hockey now I have a point to prove so I stuck with hockey couple of years passed by I ended up playing in Edmonton, and Danny was coaching the Eskimos I went to see him and I said, you "Remember what I said ten years old, What you told me?" And he started laughing. And he's like, "I knew you were going to come and see me. I knew you were going to come and say that to me. You're going to bring that up to me. Ask him. He didn't want me to play I, hockey. He want me to play football." I think for you could have played. Dan,
0: you could have been a two. You could have played hockey and football. Well, I'm trying to think. Yeah, but, somebody. But I well, think above, Jerry. There was a guy named Jerry James that played for the Leafs and the
1: Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he played yeah, but, both look, sports. And I, there's a thing though. There's a thing though that we have, that I have to admit. Football in the state is into another league as Canadian football. Yes, so yes. I could be a really good CFL player and having no chance to be in a practice team in the state because they're a machine. It's another level. So, you know, to say that I could admit it to the NFL, man, yeah, this is like if the odds of playing the NHL as a kid are small, the odds of playing the NHL in the NFL as a kid is next to impossible. So, you know, I I put a 13-year career, obviously, I could say I made the right decision. But, Bob, if I would have stuck with football, I wouldn't have. Like, when I look at the way things are today and how tough it is to play in the NFL, I think that I don't think I would have had a career in the NFL, even though I was really good when I played there for Danny as a kid.
0: George, there was a running back from Montreal in the 90s who went to Michigan and then went on and played in the NFL, and he had at least one decent season in the NFL, Tim Biakabatuka.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I remember him, and that's one exception. But you remember, Jesse Lumsden, that broke all the record in yes, the in yes. the CFL. What What happened to him? He couldn't even make the practice squad.
0: Well, and Darren Dietrich, right? Darren Dietrich played yeah. at Nebraska and uh, ended up uh, kind of bouncing around. All right, let's uh, switch focus, George. What did you think of the offer sheet by the Carolina Hurricanes on just Barry Kakaniemi? and George two years ago? Uh, going into the August uh, start-up when we were in the bubble, you weren't sold that Kakenyemi was any good or could help the Canadians, and he had a pretty good playoff run that year. Montreal went two rounds, they upset Pittsburgh. This year, he didn't even play in the final game for the Canadians in the Stanley Cup final. Where are you at with what Carolina decided to do, the one-year offer at $6.1 million?
1: Well, first of all, I started to laugh because I kind of knew that you know when someone is a billionaire and you, you you pick on someone that is a billionaire, they always come back to haunt you and You know we knew that Dundee never accepted uh, the fact that Bergeron didn't offer shoot on o, and he brought it up many times in the past after after the fact that he was still upset about that so when you look at this transaction what he's done. Everybody in the hockey world know that Kachemene is not worth 6.1 million. Especially the fact that if you sign them, you have to qualify them from that number. So when you look at all that, the Canadian, the position that you put the Canadian in by doing that, that allows the no, and now you're looking at Kachemene and you're like, what are you going to do with this? If you if you equal the offer, it becomes the second best forward paid in the Montreal team, which doesn't make sense. What message you're sending to your team if you do that? So at first, you're looking at that, and you're like, okay, Montreal is going to take the first and the third pick because they get a first-round pick and a third-round pick as a compensation. But again, Carolina, which is a good team, you're not going to get a top three and a first-round pick. You're going to get something in the latest in the first round, maybe the 20th pick. So it's, so it's a third pick overall that could turn on into a worse pick in return. But at the same time, the money is too much. If you look at on Carolina side, okay, you're looking at this and you're like, "Well, what if the joke turns back on them if the Canadians don't take them?" Because again, does Carolina really want an overpaid son at six million? But Bob, I've heard rumors that there's a deal that's going to be made in January, where there's going to be an extension that, including that six million, it could be averaging more like something like four million a year if they do that. I still think four million a year for him is too much for what he's done in the league so far, but it's not as bad as six million because obviously Jordan Stahl and checks are getting older. Right. Maybe Ekaterinov could be replacing them in a year or two. You know, like if you're looking at that with a better average. But if Montreal keeps them, there's no deal of an extension with Montreal. So if Montreal keeps them, I see the Ekaterinov plan. Staying firm with the 6.1 and negotiated the, the qualifying offer right. from 6 million and not a multi year offer like he would do, deal like he would do with Carolina. So that's why I put Montreal in quite a position. Montreal has not said one word since then. It's been 48 hours, been done. They haven't said anything about it. It's, they put them in quite a situation. And you know, the hardest thing is, Bergevin said a while ago that if you want loyalty to go get a dog, right? He said that before. If you look at uh, Braden Point that plays with the Lightning, a couple of years ago, Montreal did an offer sheet to get him and, it, and, and he refused it. He wanted to sit with the Lightning and he signed a, 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 a bridge deal to, get, to give them help to fit on right. the cap. That's loyalty. Kutunemi knows, knows the situation, the cap situation Canadian. on. He didn't just sign an offer sheet with Carolina. He signed an offer sheet that shows that he's getting a $20 signing bonus. The $20 signing bonus is obviously made to mock the Canadian, referring to Owl's number. Right. The fact that Katchenemi's clan signed that, accepting to be part of that joke at the same time, when he's talking about loyalty, the Canadian drafted third pick overall. I understand the fact that for $6 million, many players cannot pass an offer like that. But why you jumped in into the games that Kalana is doing to mock the Canadian by accepting that the $20 signing bonus be there? Why didn't you just tell the team, you know what, I'll sign the offer sheet with you guys, but I'm not comfortable with that $20 signing bonus to mock the Canadian, so please at least take that off? Just because of that aspect, if I was the Canadian, why would I want to match it with a player that clearly doesn't want to be there anymore and I was willing to be part of the joke? To mock the Canadian by accepting that $20 bonus on top of the six million fifteen, six million one hundred thousand fifteen dollars for his number. You know, because of all those things, you got to take into consideration. And on top of that, Bob, 75 people, the people in Montreal, they all hope that they don't like honor the deal and that he's gone. People already hope that he's gone because of the fact that he accepted the offer sheet and the fact that, you know, it's way too much money. Hey, George. want the team? Yeah.
0: One more thing. Who's hosting the 2022 NHL draft? Montreal. So they would
1: have to. How would the fans be if they got an extra first round pick? Actually, the fans, they want them to use those extra picks to go get night to, to get a, a right number one center, number two center, to, so you could have number one, number two, Suzuki in that center that you need. Because even if Kenemi stayed there, he wasn't penciled them uh, as a top two center, so they hope that with those picks, they'll be able to get the true number one center that they want. And, you know, call is a guy that Montreal would love to have, believe it or not.
0: All right. Well, I I, I got to tell you, George. I'm I, you know, when you take a look at the fact that clearly Kokinami was in on the joke as well with the twenty dollar bonus. One more thing for you here: uh, How would you have discussed the Kokinami relationship with the Canadians before this happened? Given the uh, fact
1: he was it's healthy scratch, good. right? Yeah, you, you know, you know, you know about that. When and this is how it is nowadays in, in hockey is if you. If you get a player mad by some decision that you're making, the only way the player can get a team back is when it's time to sign a contract. You have a long memory and they don't forget. They lost Dano because of that. Dano, in the beginning of the season, when the Canadian gave an extension to pitching Gallagher, Dano, that is one of the veteran guys, that gave his heart and soul to the team because they didn't give him the extension like everybody. It's just an all year. And he said that it didn't affect his play this season because he didn't get an extension. Now he became a free agent. He's like, you know what? I've had it. And he goes to L.A. But enemy the way he was treated last year, how he was out to scratch in a playoff, he was not happy. He, even when he scored in a playoff, he kind of did a, He had a kind of a sign that he did toward his teammates in the stand that nobody quite understood. But it kind of probably made reference to the fact that the guy wasn't playing and now he played it. Solidarity did a move. To, to the players that went playing that were the corner in the stands, right? He was not happy with the team. He was not happy with the team out of him. He was not happy with the long conversation he had with the coach before he went back to Finland about his game. He was not happy about and said that he didn't have full trust in his game yet when the season was done. And because of that, players, they do remember. And because of that, there was even rumors that he didn't want to be back here. So this offer sheet was perfect for him because, you know, he has a chance to go elsewhere, and now the Canes are looking at that, you have yep. a player that don't want to be there, and you have a player that, because of politics in hockey, because he's a third-round pick, he has to give him all the chance to make it because it was a third-round pick. 3rd You pick. can let him go. Yeah, 3rd overall pick, so now you can let him go and say that, you know what, it's because of what Kalana has done, so then they would have a reason to, to quit on that project other than people thinking why it's not working, right, and using those picks to get the player that you need.
0: George, we gotta we gotta run here. We to late into the break here. We'll get you on again. Thanks for your perspective. One more thing, just on the uh, legendary race between Robin Brownlee and myself, uh, John Sexsmith uh, recorded it uh, for for uh, ITV Global at that time. I guess it would have been Global. And Kevin did run it. So it did make an appearance, and I think it was Kevin Lefster that was one of the uh, uh, the then-Eskimo players that was laughing. And no, the video has been destroyed, I'm told, so that's a good thing. Why? Why? (laughs) Nobody needs to see that. George, we'll have you on again. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Bob. All right, that is George LaRock out of Montreal. We'll tell you. Royal Pizza. Uh, Pizza pasta and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app and the App Store. Uh, we'll marry the breaks here, Brendan. We'll get into Listy in Oilers history. It's presented, as always, by New West Travel. September 17th, travel a private WestJet charter round trip to Vancouver with an open bar just one ninety nine. Details at newwesttravel.com. What do you have, Brendan? Alright, well, uh, we'll go back to 2012 when the Oilers signed right-winger Jordan Eberle to a six-year, $36 million extension on the heels of his career-best 76-point campaign. He played five more seasons in Edmonton, failing to reach the 70-point plateau before General Manager Peter Chiarelli traded him to New York for Ryan Strom. There you go. Like Jordan as a guy, uh, never was able to match that terrific 11-12 season offensively. Still a, a solid top six NHL forward now, obviously, with a Kraken in Seattle. This Day in Order's History brought to you by New West Travel. Again, September 17th, travel a private West Jet Charter. Round trip to Vancouver with an open bar just one ninety-nine. Details at newestravel.com. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night, what's he got, Jake and Brendan? You'll hear from Elks play-by-play voice Morley Scott, more reaction as well to the uh, to the press conferences and press releases today from the Edmonton Elks regarding their new vaccination policy. He'll also hear from uh, three-on-three basketball player Steve Sir. All right, uh, tonight. Uh, that's Reed Wilkins. Tomorrow, we're back at it with Oilers now. It's a Tuesday. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing. Alberta will be one of our great guests. We'll tell you that Thoroughbred Racing is Fridays and Sundays at the Central Mile. We've got the Canadian Derby coming up. We're going to be out at the Century Mile a week from Tuesday. Fans are welcome, but you can also always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is 6.15 p.m. Uh, Jeff Robillard from uh Horse Racing Alberta will be uh, making a quick appearance on tomorrow's show. Talk about the state and health of the industry currently. We'll also continue our coaching series. Edmonton Oil Kings Head Coach Brad Lauer. His journey uh, to to uh uh, becoming an elite-level coach. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 today. And then, of course, the 6.30 chat afternoons, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, with Jalen I So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with
1: Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.